CS Week Connect is a series of podcasts that cover customer topics at a strategic level. Greg Knight, Executive Vice President of CenterPoint Energy, is our host. During these podcasts, Greg will share a conversation with a utility executive. This series is brought to you by CS Week, a nonprofit educational entity that provides the largest forum for utility customer service education and networking in the world. Today's topic is customer choice and retention. Greg, thank you for hosting this podcast series. Please introduce your panelists in today's topic. Thanks, Rod. Well, I have the outstanding pleasure to introduce Brett Carter, um, who leads um, customer experience and a host of other functions at Excel Energy. And Brett, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. But first, I just want to thank you for joining me for this dynamic discussion. And I want to thank um, CS Week for supporting these industry conversations. Um, you know, when we think about customer choice and retention, there's this convergence of these new options that are now available to consumers that's really being driven by technology and innovation. And we wanted to just sort of drill in a little bit and understand how our industry is responding to that. So Brett, first, let's start with your role. You have a great role at Excel. It's exciting. I love what you're doing. We've talked a little bit about it, but maybe you can just um, give our listeners uh, your background and then just really talk about how your vision um, at Excel Energy is sort of contemplating this choice and retention uh, dynamic, and then we'll get into some more conversation. All right. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot, man. I, and I, I will tell you, I'm excited that uh, you were you and I were able to connect. You know, we've we've connected in industry several times. We've never connected uh, on this forum. Um, and and you know, I followed your career. You've got an exciting career. I've had an exciting career as well with Duke Energy. Um, I was president there for a little while, uh, chief distribution officer there for a little while, and then um, then I decided to dance off a little bit and get a little closer to the uh, customer world uh, with Bank of America. So I went over there and I had led a lot of their shared services before I finally uh, came back to our industry um, as the chief innovation innovation and customer officer at Excel. Uh, more recently here, Greg, and, and thank you for your congratulations. I was, I was named the uh, group president of utilities and chief customer officer at Excel. And I'm looking forward to all the opportunities that we have in our space. That sounds great. And so when you think about your new role in terms of your group president of utilities and what you're doing on the customer space, how are you thinking about customer retention and customer choice and how's that showing up in your strategy? So actually the, the organization change was part of the strategy. Um, we felt that putting all of our utility presidents and the jurisdictions together with the customer made big sense in, in terms of our filings and the direction we're going with our customers. We are looking to build much stronger relationships with our customers. We're looking to go beyond and behind the meter. Uh, we're looking at our customers as partners in a lot of cases, and sometimes they're even advocates for us in the regulatory world. So this new structure gives us a very close-knit relationship with all of our customer products and services, uh, the new wave of activities that we anticipate uh, in that customer space, especially around the uh, electric vehicles and commercial industrial products and services. Um, 
and, and we're tying those very closely. Our commissions are extremely interested in our ability to partner with some of the key players in the industry to make some of these relationships uh, much smoother, I'll just say intuitive. Um, and so we, we felt like this was exactly the right time and the right structure for us to uh, be successful. Well, it sounds like you're right at the forefront, um, both from how you're thinking about engaging the customer in terms of how you do that with your operating model and this convergence around the customer and our utility operations. So that's really exciting to hear. Could you share with us some of your top initiatives? You, you mentioned, you know, EVs, but there's solar out there. There's, you know, like like Centerpoint Energy in Minnesota and probably your other markets, you all also offer home repair programs. How are you really thinking about these strategies and how is your new operating model really going to help you accelerate the benefits to consumer and your business operations? Well, Greg, I, you touched on a couple of, of big ones. I mean, obviously the electric vehicle space means a lot to the uh, utility industry. Uh, we've proven to the nation and to the world that we can effectively uh, reduce carbon uh, at, at the utility space uh, significantly. And we've done that. And now we believe it's time to tackle uh, the transportation industry. So if you think about in our uh, Minnesota market, we were able to actually move forward with a product that paired a charger installation uh, in the customer's home uh, with all the energy that a customer uh, needed uh, for their vehicle for a flat fee of forty-four dollars uh, a month, the customers uh, ate that pilot program up, um, and we sold it out in in twenty-four hours. Um, and so now we we launched a second one. It also sold out very quickly. Uh, in Colorado, uh, they saw what we were doing in Minnesota, and they leveraged off of that model and took it to the next level. In Colorado, we were able to actually create a rebate on new and used vehicles uh, for our customers. And, and those rebates are significant. If you consider uh, our new customer, our new car rebate combined with the federal incentive, yeah. you can get up to $13,000 off a brand new car. And what yeah. we're seeing now is that those vehicle prices are coming way down. That puts almost anybody um, in the crosshairs of being able to afford an electric vehicle. And we've all, we're also able to offer rebates on chargers installed in the home, along with uh, rebates to reduce the upgrade to your electrical panel if it needs, if it needs to be upgraded to accommodate for that uh, EV charger. We're really pushing the envelope, Greg, on uh, where we can go with these tools. Um, we're actually putting in place um, uh, applications that can help identify when a person is using an electric vehicle so that we can start offering them these time of use rates that can save them a significant amount of money. Um, right now, we're able to charge our customers less than a dollar per e-gallon, um, which as you know, with gas prices rising, that is a significant savings over what they'd be paying for a gallon of gas. So right. it's, it's, it's extremely important, Greg. That's fantastic. So let me dig into that a little bit because you've really talked about this convergence of, you know, all of your customer touch points and your utility operations. And that's a really a powerful combination. As you bring this organization together, how are you sort of grounding these organizations? Well, you know, 
we we've worked together with our operations folks for since forever, I guess. And you're converging them together under a common operating model now. But I imagine there's a bit more to it around culture and around measurement. And so what's your vision in terms of how you optimize your operating model? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Greg, and we're working through a lot of that right now. What we're finding out is that we need key metrics in place in order to really determine whether we're achieving the goals that we've set out to achieve. When you enter a new market like electric vehicles, uh, we want to know what it is that's going to really get the customer, one, interested in a vehicle, um, and how do we lower those uh, inhibitors, if you will, uh, those things that cause anxiety, like the range of the vehicle and being able to charge across the country. Uh, we were able to work with um, EEI, um, our Edison Electric Institute organization, and form a coalition that has, has really committed to connecting EV charging across the United States mm -hmm. um, so that we could ensure that people know that they can charge anywhere on their trip from California to New York, from California to the Southeast, um, so that they are in, so that they're comfortable with being able to charge anywhere. We're also taking that same charging methodology and thinking uh, within our own jurisdiction. We want our dealership networks, because we've started to partner with the dealerships. We have 52 dealerships that now have XL Energy marketing material and, 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 and floorboards in their rooms, in their dealership rooms, so that customers know that they're gonna be able to have reliable energy at all times for their vehicles. And what we're also getting from those dealers are metrics on how our information is helping them to sell cars. And so far in our first year, we sold over 2000 vehicles through those dealer networks. And we're seeing that number go up exponentially. So the wow. metrics is what drives the true success for us, Greg. Right, right. Look, that's really exciting. And I'm sure your teams are excited as well. Um, maybe you could just share with us from your perspective, what's really driving this adoption with your customer base? You know, and when I think about our industry, you know, I think some time ago we started deploying, you know, smart meter AMI in our electric business in 09. And I just look at today and sort of the digitization of the grid, other innovations around technology, battery storage, DER, has kind of created a new paradigm for us. And I imagine you all are taking advantage of those opportunities. So when you think about your success, what's sort of been driving your success and what are the external factors that you're being able to take advantage of to be successful? Well, you know, I don't know if you if you noticed, but you know, during the Super Bowl, uh, there were seven different OEMs that ran electric vehicle ads. Um, I believe that the real driver is is that the country is moving toward a, a more carbon free uh, approach. I mean, you know, we were the first major utility to announce a, a carbon free um, uh, uh, system by 2050. I remember uh, we, that. <laughs> yeah, and and we're gonna be we're gonna be 80 percent of the way there by 2030. Um, um, over half of our energy was uh, generated from carbon free. Uh, sources uh, by the end of 21. And so we're just continuing to set a trajectory upward, uh, upwards. 
I think customers are really starting to embrace uh, their role in creating a carbon-free environment. Yeah. The uh, the OEMs are are really these these car manufacturers are really pushing the envelope because the performance of these vehicles are like no other. I mean, they they are they're extremely smart vehicles, and and as you know, everyone has a smartphone these days. Now we're moving towards smart cars, but think about the savings that you get not just from the fuel, but from the reliability. Yeah. Right. I mean, electric vehicle has 25 or less moving parts, no oil changes, no transmission fluid. You know, it's a it's basically a battery with some very high tech and uh, a technology built in um, and the motors are turning the wheels. You know, it is a really a step forward in the evolution of of vehicles. And so I think that besides the performance the carbon-free approach to it is is driving a lot of people to say, wait a minute, think this is the way to go. What I, what I will say, one more thing, Greg. So Ford, and is we're looking to partner with them on some things going forward. They introduced their F-150 Lightning, which right. is an electric truck. And uh, it actually can reverse the charge so that yep. in case of a, of a power outage or something, you can actually run your home from the truck. Um, and that truck can keep your home running for as many as four or five days. And so I, I think people are starting to see that there are some huge advantages to having these types of vehicles, but it also is gonna challenge us uh, as utility leaders to think about, okay, so what's the next big thing? Yeah, and we're seeing something similar uh, of a convergence in our markets where you know the ev adoption is definitely going to accelerate um and then you know fuel prices have a correlation with that so it's really been really interesting and i like how you're thinking about your strategy because those investments driven by customer demand are going to drive your growth investments and so maybe one of the things that you could help us understand is is how is excel thinking about this from a growth perspective is this really, you know, utility growth? Do you have behind the meter growth? Is it regulated, unregulated? How are you thinking about it? Because I heard you say you're doing a lot of things and I got the sense that some of it was was sort of your regulated rate-based growth and other was sort of what you might call commercial growth. How are y'all thinking about that as your sort of financial thesis? So I'll just start by saying we are a big fan of, regulated um, approaches. And so we love working with our commissions to get the type of solutions in place uh, that are gonna flow through our regulated entity. And so we're, we're really not pushing that hard on unre unregulated solutions because uh, our regulatory commissions have been extremely helpful. They know exactly what direction we're trying to go. We believe it's a win-win. And so far commissions are saying, we also believe it's a win-win. So uh, from a regulated perspective, we also believe that the more customers take this EV challenge on, the more of a base we have to spread those costs around. So we can actually uh, lower the operating costs for our system by optimizing the use of EVs on our system. So it's extremely, it's extremely important for us to look at ways to increase this load, uh, especially during 
the evening hours where yeah. you know we could be curtailing uh, our wind load because we have excess uh, renewable energy at night. Um, and so those are the kind of things that I believe are going to really help us in uh, solving for the kind of solutions that that we have. You know, all of this is very exciting. How are your employees reacting? How excited are they about this approach you're taking? Because I met, you know, they live in the communities. You know, we have different cohorts of employees that, you know, are in different demographics. What's been their reaction to this strategic approach that you're taking? Well, I mean, if, as you can imagine, you know, our all of our employees are really the heartbeat of our company. And so think about uh, just another way that we can help them. I mean, you you know, when how our, our employees typically rally around, you know, uh, helping our customers uh, solve problems in terms of really bad weather and things like that. This is a place where our employees are really excited because they're getting a chance to help the customers when there's not a problem. There's no down lines, you know, there's there's no gas outages or anything like right. that. Right. They are so excited because we're getting a chance to play behind the meter for the first time in a, in a real way. Um, installing chargers inside the home um, gives them another sense of, of pride, if you will. Um, and so there's been a huge rallying point around how can we be successful with helping our customers um, reduce their, their, their cost of their overall household uh, operating expenses. So it's a really big deal for them. Um, they're extremely excited. So yeah, I can't say enough about how our teams have rallied to help our customers find solutions in this EV space. It sounds fantastic. So sounds like you've addressed your operating model. You obviously are thinking about your customer. Um, regulators are on board to, to allow you to go behind the meter with these regulated solutions. Um, what do you think is the sort of risk or where do you think and anticipate where some of your challenges might come from? Well, the, I'll, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. Uh, obviously, this is a new business for us. And as you know, new businesses um, are not that easy to, to, to get through, especially when you're dealing with a culture um, like ours that is, is really sort of nuts and bolts. Uh, yeah. We're having to retrain our employees on what customer excellence looks like. Um, and so I would say that the real challenge is we absolutely have to raise the level of of customer attentiveness and yep. and and raise that level of expectation within our employee base for our customers because if we don't um then the customers are going to be looking for those services somewhere else um and we want to be that energy supplier of choice regardless of whether it's energy for your vehicle, energy for your home, energy for your business. So I think the real challenge is going to be, Greg, how do we raise the level of expectation um, for our employees in terms of what we expect from them um, with regard to operational excellence? You know, and that's, that's part of the reason I was sharing with you. My, my stint at Bank of America really taught me right. a lot about yeah. what excellence looked like. You know, Brett, that's so important. You know, like you, uh, We've shared these commercially competitive backgrounds um, and mine is probably mostly on the commercially competitive side. 
and yet that converge that convergence with the utility paradigm is very powerful. Um, so I just want to applaud you and your team for the good work that you're doing. Um, it's why it was so important for us to get you and Excel on our podcast to talk about the exciting things that you're doing. I think you all are cutting edge and this innovation, and I believe everyone's going to be sort of watching attentively um, at your success and then really trying to encourage other regulatory bodies to adopt similar models. Um, what else would you like to share with us in, as we sort of close out and, or advice you want to offer to peers in our industry who want to take a similar sort of path? Well, what I would share is that, you know, and you touched on it just now, Greg, with your comments about uh, other commissions uh, taking on tasks like this. We, we can't do it alone. Um, we have to partner, Greg, uh, going forward as utilities. Um, and we also have to partner with, uh, you know, the, the competitive marketplace, uh, the OEMs um, and others in order to be really be excellent in this space. Uh, so I would just say, let's look for opportunities to be allies. I mean, we have franchise agreements, so it's not like we're direct competitors with each other. What right. I would say is that let's look for ways where we can be allies to move these things forward and, and take the best in class solutions uh, that we have in order to uh, be great at these new opportunities that, we're, that, we're, that are right in front of us. It's an exciting time, Greg. It's an exciting time to be in the utility space. Well, it's exciting and I love your enthusiasm, which I share by the way. Um, but I really do want to thank you for spending your time with us today. I want to congrats, congratulate you and the Excel leadership team. It's a phenomenal strategy. And so I just want to say thank you for joining us today. And, you know, we'll send you off with maybe getting you back at some point in time to check in about how your progress is going. We'd love that. We would absolutely love that. Okay. Thanks a lot, Brent. Thank you. To hear more about this topic, please join us at CS Week's Executive Summit, May 2nd and 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona. Greg and his guests will be discussing this topic in further detail during the Executive Summit. Greg and Brett, on behalf of all listeners to this podcast, thank you for your great insights on this topic. We look forward to further conversation in Phoenix, Arizona.